0: Hi everyone. Welcome along to the next edition of our Precursive Perspective series. Uh, I'm delighted today to be joined uh, by Sean from Appirio. Um, say hello. Hi. Hi.
1: Yeah. Nice to see you doing, Jonathan. You all right?
0: Yeah. Good. Thank you. Good. Good. Thanks for making the time today. Uh, we're going to do a few more formal introductions in a moment. But um, as stated in our, in our previous videos, really what we're looking to do here is share how some of the world's best companies and indeed some of the most innovative executives in customer success are really navigating the current, uh, the new remote reality as we're calling it at the moment. So I'm delighted to have Sean join us today. Um, Sean, just to begin with, do you mind giving a little bit of an introduction to who is Aperio and then in turn what your role is there? Sure, absolutely. So, um, we've uh, uh, Perio has been around since
1: um, really about twenty sixteen um, uh, in its certainly in its current form. Um, we're uh, we we still fairly early stage startup. Um, did our Series A in twenty eighteen. Uh, I've been with the company since um, uh, summer last year, so I'm also reasonably new. But you know what it's like in startup world. You never no no one's the new boy for very long. Yeah. Um, Uh, What we do at Aperio is uh, we're a legal spend management platform. And uh, essentially what we do is we work with uh, in-house legal teams and provide them a dashboard that allows them to get complete visibility of uh, how much they're spending with their external law firms. Um, and, and, And kind of the big problem that we solve is... Um, uh, when, you, when you're dealing with law firms, you, you you're quite often you'll get access to the build information when they send you the invoice, but quite often there'll be work that's sitting on the clock that, that hasn't been invoiced or billed yet. And it becomes a big challenge for, for um, uh, in-house teams to manage the relationships with their, their partners and the finance teams to give them the visibility of how much, how much is accruing in, in terms of the spend. And what we do is we Um, We connect up uh, our customers' law firms and provide that visibility on both the build information but more importantly that that, um, un um, element, the work in progress stuff, um, uh, to ensure that they're they're tracking well against budgets, that there's no surprise invoices that they're going to get down the pipe. And really the the key thing that we're trying to do is is build um, uh, um, transparency uh, between law firms and their customers so they can focus on, on, on
0: providing great service and doing good work for their customers. Very nice, very nice. But uh, dare I say, it, uh, if I had to guess, it was founded by a, a former lawyer.
1: Uh, funny enough, yes, it was. Uh, it was uh, a, a lot uh, So Nino, our our uh, CEO, was a, a lawyer at CMS, and then um, moved actually over to, to uh, uh, work in private equity. Um, and when he was working in private equity, they do these big deals, and I guess they get told it will be a two million for the deal, and then at the end of the deal, they'll they'll get a bill for four million. Um, yeah. So that's kind of really what what what. So led to the, uh, to the birth of Aperio.
0: Okay, cool, excellent. Now, I, I originally we originally connected when uh, I saw you speak at uh, uh, Gainsight's Pulse Conference. So the name, Sean Smith, dare I say, is pretty well known in the customer success community <laughs> in Europe. Bit of a plug there. Um, but can you give us a little bit of a, a background to, prior to Aperio, some of the things you've done before? Because it's an impressive resume, I'd say.
1: Yeah, certainly. So I, I've been... Um, uh, I've been working, I guess, in 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 B two B startups um, for for pretty much most of my most of my my working career. Um, it's it, the last sort of eight years have been very much focused in um, uh, startups, going from sort of early stage through to sort of Series D, Series E um so i was previously at a company called Brownwatch, which is a social media analytics platform um uh, and uh, i was i headed up their mere account management team and then we moved that team into a, a customer success team um and then pri- uh, after that i uh, joined another company called patsnap which is an yeah. intellectual property analytics platform that's where we first started working with uh, uh, with you guys with task fees and, and 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 we put that in place there, um, and you know th- there I was leading um, the uh, um, the customer success side of the business, so um, you know everything from our um, customer success managers through to product support through to onboarding team and professional services teams.
0: Cool, excellent. So we're going to dig into some of that experience because you've got a wealth of good experience, and I think. A, um, a uniquely talented way of articulating things um, that that I like. Um, uh, so, I mean, we're, we're all kind of personally and professionally dealing with a, a very unusual uh, and challenging situation, right? Um, and 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 I think through that lens, it would be interesting, you know, for 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 me and for others to hear about kind of how what are some of the things you guys are seeing in terms of how you're dealing with this. Just to begin with, sort of. For the business internally at Imperio, talk talk to us a little bit about kind of making that transition into, you know, you were, you guys worked all in an, an office together, I think, before. How's that transition been to to now the the remote environment?
1: Yeah, so it's. Um, we, we i think we we 've got a uh, you know we, we benefit i 'm sure like a a lot of uh, of saAS businesses from uh, being effectively based pretty much everything that we use uh, apart from uh, the printers and the meeting rooms is based in the cloud wow. uh, so when we when we were aware of of the fact that there was likely to, to for this stuff to come down uh, and, uh, down the road. Uh, we ran a, a trial day where everyone went work from home for the day and and just to kind of um, uh, keep the tires around everything. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's it's for us. It's been a pretty smooth transition Um uh, and the and 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 really the, the stuff that's that's been challenging that's been missed is is just the, the fundamentals of the culture how do you maintain the culture when you're remote and how do you you know when you can't how do you make sure that you're working in a way that you you know when you can't turn around to just tap somebody on the shoulder to ask them a question yeah. um uh, how do you ensure that you're keeping dialogues going so um we've been kind of working hard to to, to make sure that we're we're adapting to that from an, from an internal team perspective yeah um yeah. From from our clients, uh, our customers, and the the law firms that we're working with, um, there's been I think we've been um, uh, we've we've been quite lucky I think compared to perhaps some of um, uh, some of the other companies out there in in, in from a customer success perspective, in that. Um, partly because what we're doing is very much tied to to tracking spend and that's a critical thing that 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 companies are trying to do at the moment and the fact that we 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 tend to work with 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 large companies that um uh, you know their legal work's not going away so they need to have visibility there so on the whole um we've we've um um our customers haven't Apart from the move to uh, remote working, our customers have not seen too much disruption, and we've had a few customers that have asked for us to just um, adjust payment terms, yeah. um, uh, just to help them manage their cash flow, um, uh, and that's partly down to the, you know just challenges they're facing around things like their supply chains are, are being impacted and so on. But actually, it's been 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 refreshing in in for us that 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 we when this first happened, you know, immediately when you're working in customer success is. Uh, you start to want to worry about where the risk is and where that risk is coming from. And, and, and very quickly, I think from speaking with, with, with our customers and just seeing where they are is there was a transition from remote working, but on the whole, um, you know, things of, 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 uh, generally, been been business as usual, and I don't think in any of our forecasting we are um, uh, uh, in a position of kind of, of 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 adding too much additional risk risk off the back of this environment. So I think I know that we're we're probably very lucky, and we're probably reasonably unique compared to
0: some of the other companies out there in um, uh, in being in that situation.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I mean, being lucky is one thing, but you know, fundamentally, from a society perspective, if there's a business that is in good health and um, you know, that's good for your staff and, and all of the, the, you know, the family and network around around the people in the business. So, you know, we've got to yeah. draw all the positives. Right. Um, I think so. So you, you touch on something there around, you know, how in, in customer success, like risk is often something that people gravitate towards. W- what do you think is why is customer success important at the moment? And is there actually now an opportunity? So a two-part question, which you should never do when you're interviewing people, but why is customer success important? And do you think that there's an opportunity for customer success to think about opportunity rather than risk? Yeah. So um, the, uh, the, the stuff that
1: uh, – the, the customer success at the end of the day is the – I think if we look broadly across the different – my peers in, 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 out there in customer success um, – it's at times like this where um, uh, the ability to focus on 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 in many ways in terms of putting the customer first is um, uh, you know the, the the stuff that you do now and the way that, that your customers will view how you helped or how you responded to the crisis to the situation will pay off in in, in mul- considerable multiples down the line. It will have um, uh, uh, they'll, it's the kind of things that people will remember how you helped and supported them during the time of crisis that will benefit your organisation and um, uh, the ability to. Um, uh, um, be sympathetic and, and understanding their customers to, to be to respond quickly and support them, and give them the confidence that with with anything else going on as long as they can rely on what you 're doing and, and, and the, the team that you have within customer success to support and help them and, 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 and um, help drive value within their organizations um, is is the kind of stuff that that, that actually is is um, uh, will play well down the line and that ties into to, into the, the you know the opportunity side because there's um, an opportunity for you to become trusted partners with your customers, which is always, it should be an ambition of the customer success team. We want, we don't want to be seen as just a, a vendor that's, that's there to be negotiated with on, on kind of very uh, uh, tactical measures. You want to be seen as, as, as uh, a business that's really partnering with your customers. Yeah. And this is, this, this these, terms times like this are those gives you the opportunity to do that. And from an opportunity perspective, there's, there's probably, there's, there's, there's the long term. Uh, opportunity that comes from doing that which is both you know those um uh, knowing that you were there to help them out at a time of crisis and uh, will help out when it comes to future contract negotiations and renewals and and and, and so on but then secondly with is you it's always it, it's it's dangerous to kind of try and be too commercial in these circumstances and going in and uh, and selling products but if you've got if you've got opportunities to talk to your customers about ways that you can you can help other problems they may be facing and reduce needs yep. and whether this is down from you know whether it's down from kind of coming in and providing additional services that's gonna that's gonna allow them to focus on dealing with other things within their business or whether it's providing them with additional product functionality that's gonna uh, uh, you know take their minds away from having to worry about whether an invoice gets processed and so on those kind of things um, you know you, again you, you should you should be sensible about doing that but you should also be measured and and, um, uh, sensitive in terms of the approach and the manner that you take uh, when doing so.
0: Cool well it's nice to hear you validate something that actually we've been doing a precursive which is um, you're you're aware of the survey that we run every year the customer onboarding benchmark survey with this is the third year and one of the things we did this year when we could see this situation emerging was we said well look we've got all this data We've got a wealth of data from from before we can actually start to, to benchmark different companies we, we're not charging for it um and uh and we've had a massive take up of that because you know company, both customers are, are using that but uh, you know sometimes companies are not in a position to buy software but they're in a position to 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 use software or use insight and so if there's a way that you can get them either one of the two at this point in time as you say kind of the the brand equity that that builds for you longer term is is really important um, part of you know part of what you and i have talked about before is is the importance of communications and in particular the quality of communications um, maybe for, for for some you know our audience out there kind of could you share kind of how you think about um communications right now and what you're advising the team on in how they communicate with customers please
1: yeah. So, um, the, the one of the things, and we, with we, you know, communication is is it within at this point is something that that um, we've considered not just within customer success but across the entire company and, you know it, it's the marketing teams the sales teams um uh the operational teams and so on all of that all, all of those teams are going to be speaking with with both existing customers and potential customers and so we've we've uh, uh, we've worked with our marketing team to put some very clear message messaging guidelines to ensure that we are uh, um, we're being sensitive to the situation that we are. You know, we're, we're being seen to to um, acknowledge the situations. So w- broadly, we've kind of worked to put those in place, and there's guidelines around the types of language to use. Um, with we've put together some some uh, structure around you know uh, template suggestions, email templates that can be used for when for when contacting people. Yeah. Um, the guidance specifically within customer success is um is the the stuff that we kind of um uh, uh, uh are trying to make sure that we're doing is is when doing outreach is to obviously reach out and check and uh, and, and see how people are impacted yeah. um uh be cognizant that people might not necessarily have the ability to have the same you know the same availability they may have had previously yeah. um so a lot of it is just kind of making sure we're checking in a clear manner if uh, uh, that we're not putting um uh, uh we're not you know, being perceived as putting in pressure or trying to to, to, to um, uh, um uh ferry people into 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 uh, pathways that are beneficial to us but not necessarily reflective of what the client wants to do. Yeah. Um and um and the and the big thing is that, that that we've we've built into you know when we are speaking with our customers is Spending time at the beginning of every call to do that to do that check in and understand what impact this is having, and and um, and we're trying to do that on two two levels. One is like you know how is 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 how the company is adjusting to the move and how everyone is moving on, and then understanding the bigger picture of you know how is this we, 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 how is this changing the company's direction, approach, and strategy at this point? Because we're very focused in, in in what we do within customer success to try and understand. Um, uh, what our organisations are driving towards and you know, and, and their strategy, because that allows us to then be much smarter about the ways that we can play the value that we deliver into those organisations and make sure that we're aligned with the same objectives within the business. And these kind of circumstances are obviously leading to companies to very quickly re- re-evaluate and have um, uh, changes to strategy that, that potentially are, uh, are moving very, very, very quickly. And so we try and make sure that we're spending time to understand that and to also help the customers understand that, that it's business as usual for us, nothing's changed. The, the the functionality were there and uh, uh, as well and we're also very wary of you know that the um uh, not wanting to be seen that we're like trying to turn this into an opportunity in terms of yeah. the there's been obviously um yeah.
0: some uh, others some others could, could do yeah. with uh with learning from that right if you're getting the, some of the emails that i'm getting right now uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we've all on some of the we've stuff. At the moment.
1: So I think, you know, the, 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 um, uh, um, being aware of, 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 of those things. And, and I think the other big, the important thing as well is with the team is, you know, we, we, it's important that we, um uh, the, the 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 members of the CS team obviously are obviously always driven through with with the notion that they need to be accountable for what they're doing um, and they need to be um, uh, focused on driving outcomes within their customers organizations and for example the onboarding team you know yeah. we need to we, we want to make sure that we're getting customers on board and we're getting their law firms connected as quickly as possible so yeah. we you know' we're, 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 we're pushing pressures on that but at the same time it's being clear that this is not a this is not the time for us to kind of go hard on somebody if we feel that they're, they're they're not meeting those numbers because of their circumstances out of their control and to make sure they understand that they have to be sensible about doing that and not to push when it's not appropriate to push okay cool
0: so there's a couple of key themes coming out of what we've talked about so far i think one is like you know being very cognizant of maintaining your your culture and doing the right types of things to enable that in a in a in in a remote environment. And then secondly, the importance of what I would describe, and you've called it before, I think sensitive communications, right? Um, So kind of culture and communications to uh, big facets of of CS. Let's talk a little bit about some, I think, tactics that are useful just in in CS in general. Uh, One of the things we've talked about before is like these, you know, how you structure a narrative or the importance of narratives that you're having With with uh, with customers and and how you approach setting that up and executing it, can you for, for those of you that might not be aware of this approach, can you talk us through a little bit about what, what, what you mean by that?
1: Sure. So I think what's um, th- one of the the, the um, uh, things that I think you see quite a lot in in customer success is there's very much focus on um actions and activities and you know you'll get a lot of talking about the playbooks for different scenarios and it tends to be like do this uh, reach out this make sure you're speaking with your executive sponsor you know make sure you've had contact and outreach check they're having platforms look at your leading indicators and so on and i think fundamentally that the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a trap that you can fall into by following that approach is that you, you become, you think you're doing a good job because you're ticking boxes yeah. and you're kind yeah. of spoken to the exec sponsor, I've, I've done this, I've done that, we've reached out and, and, and we've sent them this piece of content and they've logged into the platform so many times. And, and then, you, then you can get blindsided at the point of renewal where they turn around and say to you, well, look, you know, we, I know we've done a lot of work with you guys, but unfortunately we've gone with the competitor or just not found value in the platform yeah and so and for for us um uh, very much the approach that we try and take is that that all of that stuff is is important it's always going to be part of the playbook but it has to be related into a bigger narrative that you're trying to drive within with with your customers Mm -hmm. so if you can it's why we have a focus on on trying to understand um, uh, our customers organisations. so we spend a lot of work and, and time in terms of working with 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 our uh, uh, teams to, to um, do that piece of discovery when we uh, at the beginning of a relationship and understand our stakeholders and be curious and ask those questions so we can really understand um, how things work and we, we tend to kind of th- at a basic level what we're trying to do is get to that point where if we can if our clients can Um, articulate and ideally get excited about the strategy that they are pursuing within their organization Um, and then we can then understand the, the the business objectives that the stakeholders that we're working with um, are trying to achieve and how that relates back up to the wider strategy within the organisation it then allows us to map out the tactical pieces and work that we can do um, uh, and to help those, help our stakeholders achieve those business objectives and then we then drive that narrative so that when we're coming to do an executive business review we're not saying oh we did you know we, we we launched this particular product we went live with these particular law firms we track this amount of spend through the through the platform what yep. we're doing is saying we helped deliver this use case within your organization that helps did the, did you confirm that that helped us you achieve your business objectives and ultimately so that's clearly helping drive the strategy within your organization and yep. so it's about fundamentally focusing on are we helping that company move forwards if, if, we, if we're doing all these bits and it's not doing that that top stuff then what's the point of 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 them having us in the first place um so it's really about about making sure that we're doing that and we're not kind of that's never that's never something that you you sit in a resting state with you're always trying to 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 push that things forward and understand what what the next level is and there's always ways and 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 means that you can look at trying to push the boundaries of of the impact that you're having within your customer's organization
0: yeah yeah i mean I think the the ability to be really well organized as a as a customer success function or as a business um, you know there's if it's chaos it's very difficult to um, have those types of conversations because you you need to be you know ahead of demand you need to be able to do your due diligence and your reading and preparation for engaging with customers um, understand the industry that they're in understand the business the strategy the, the goals for the individual executive or manager that you're dealing with, and it's very difficult to do that stuff well and at scale if things are are, are poorly organised, right? And then, and it's just you're firefighting all the time. Yeah. That, yeah. That's you know it, you're not going to get the opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's and it's, it's it's I think it, in in many ways it's such a fundamental to have. Uh, to have your processes and to have the, uh, the in check and to understand and clearly mapped out and described and to have the data sources that you need to rely on in place and visible and where you want so you're not you you, you you're, you're not stuck asking questions along the lines of well, when was the last time they logged into the platform or was the last time you spoke to somebody or, or or how long has it been stuck in this particular place if, if you're if you're if those are the questions that you're having to ask uh, uh, of your team then you you, you 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 again you're you're being you're being reactive and so you you're always on the back foot but also you're 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 preventing yourselves from from just um getting deeper into those accounts and, and fighting for a seat at the table with your customer
0: yeah uh so tell us a little bit about so in in your team does the does this does the cs team do they manage everything from sales the the fulfillment as you were into the Onboarding into customer success, do they do they own that entire journey, or have you got the team organised into different so, areas to tell us? So the yeah.
1: yeah, so we so we have um, uh, we we have three roles in the team. Again, it's just, it's 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 um, uh, a pretty small team at the moment, and, and inevitably, um, uh, uh, when you're a small team, people tend to have to be a little bit more. Um, uh, um, more of a generalist and and as your teams grow you can then double down and and split accountabilities and responsibilities but essentially we have customer success managers we have um, onboarding specialists and we have support specialists Um, support specialists they they look after our um, uh, you know their first point of contact via ticketing via zendesk um, uh, they work on all of the the support materials that we put together for our customers. Um, they'll do they'll kind of run reports, set up users, and and and, and support both the um, our clients, the law firms, and are an internal resource for us in terms of of, of um, taking that stuff off the hands of the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on the other side, we have the customer success managers who, um, uh, you know, they will come in as the deals start to close, and, and um, uh, they're accountable for the for the relationship. But what we try to do with 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 um, uh, with our customer success managers is be very clear about their, what their role is with the customer, and they're there not to be the person that does everything for the customer. they they they're the person to kind of really understand what the customer is trying to achieve and be the um, be the architect of that that customer success so you know it's it's um uh, often talk about the, the the two differences which is that um within customer success you have people that are architects and they're the ones that typically will, will be accountable for the revenue um, and, they, and they need to be having have, have certainly some form of accountability metrics and, and, and targets and they'll be accountable for the customer relationship and they need to work with the customers to design what success is going to look like and they you know build yeah. the house uh, to, to design the house and then we have the 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 the, the, the um and support team so the onboarding team and the support team are there to then come in and build that and project manage the the, the, the completion of that house so the other team that we have is the onboarding team and then when we typically in the um, you know we in the uh, the first few months of with our with our customers um, like a lot of companies and yourselves included the onboarding team come in and um, uh, will uh, um, work very very closely with a customer to get them up and running with a platform to get the data flowing that they need um, in a way our onboarding team are also quite unique they need some of the skills of a customer success manager because they're also working closely with the law firm to get their connection set up as well. So they're they're doing a, a relationship management on that side yeah. um, and and for that to be successful you've got to be very clear around the roles and responsibilities within your team and, and, that, and how that pick, you pick that up so we've been very um, we've done a lot of work to map out the roles and responsibilities and accountabilities for the individuals in the team um, and to make sure that we people understand that we're we've all got our own uh, wheelhouse if you like but we also operate within a wider team and it's important that we're all coming together uh, uh, to, to drive the success of our customers as a unit
0: yeah, because it, it is, it, it is a complex thing that they do when they're set, working, you know, with, in setting up customers. Because you've got your customer, and then obviously a network of law firms that your particular client is using. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can imagine that's uh, they're quite the uh, you know the conductor of the orchestra, as it were, having to deal with so many stakeholders. Um, so we work with a number of companies that kind of have that model or they've got, you know, a platform with a network or they've got product and partners. Um, are there some kind of fundamental things that you've done or some tactics that you've employed or some training that you've done to allow the team to, to, to manage that better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, um, uh, it's, 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 I think it's, it's very important to, to, to um, look at skill sets that, that, um, are necessary, typical within that field, and uh, that are applicable within within um, uh, within the teams when they're trying to do that. So, the stuff that we've done, for example, is look at can we bring in. Uh, sales trainers and coaches to do some work with um, uh, with those teams yeah. um, what I think, thing especially what you find with with support teams and those people that if you think about um, that you know the architects versus the builders if you're a builder you tend to be quite practical you want to come in and you want to you know here's the facts and uh, here's what we're gonna do here and we've got to do this piece here and we've got to do this piece here for us because we also have this element of, 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 of having to deal with relationships we've invested in in sales training because we need to, they, they, these guys need to be able to speak to people and have an impact very, very quickly. So if we're speaking to a law firm for the first time about connecting to their uh, their time entry data and sharing it with a client, um, that can be quite uncomfortable for a law firm because there's a lot of questions they're going to have. They're going to worry about security. They're going to worry about is, is my client doesn't trust me. Uh, um, all of these factors. And so uh, we've invested in 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 in, um, in kind of the sales training in this piece so that that. Um, uh, those teams can be uh, um, understand how to run meetings in an effective way into how to manage their messaging and how yeah. to do, do, do deal with objection handling in yeah. a very clear way so they can be they can get to the to where can get those those firms to the to where we need them to be, which is yes okay, this will make sense happy to do this, and then let 's move to the technical phase of the uh of the implementation
0: yeah I mean I think navigating those challenging conversations and understanding how to um prepare for them, nullify objections, or make sure that they don't happen because of the way that you frame things is, yeah. is, is tremendously important in customer success right now. Um, cool, so looking at kind of the business impact specifically of, of a couple of different things. So if we start with with customer onboarding, you've, you've worked in SaaS and startups that have gone through the various stages of, of, of scaling, some hyper growth businesses, you've seen series A's through to D's what for those maybe uninitiated <laughs> uninitiated what's the connection between good onboarding and financial performance typically for the for the companies that you've worked in um i think uh, it, it it's, it's it's absolutely critical so that probably
1: probably the number one driver especially if you have a platform that you know if you if you're onboarding is not a simple case of here's a login we'll do a training session bang you're off and running and and i think the b2b space there's not very many of those certainly not many that that that, at the kind of the the level that that needs a a, a big large customer success organization um and and the 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 primary driver to that is around time to value so from the point that the, the customers effectively their contract is effective to the point where they're starting to get value from the platform if you're not delivering on that within the first few months, then, then the risk exponentially expands with every month that, you're, that you've not got to that point of delivering value. Yeah. And- so part of it is you have to understand in many ways, you have to understand, well, what there's, there's not, there's, there, hopefully there's lots of different ways you can deliver, deliver value. And actually throughout the, 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 the length of your relationship, you're constantly finding new ways to derive more and more value into within those organizations. But it's important that, you, that, that we focus on, well, what's that first piece that we can get in front of the client and get them starting to do something in, that's going to help their business and help them achieve those goals. Yeah. And so that in order to do that, it's, is is it's, it's um, so for us, it's it's uh, around getting getting the the first law firm connected and getting data flowing into the platform so the client can access it and, and get in there. Yeah. And if you and if you're dealing with a client who maybe is working with with, with a dozen or so law firms. Um, they're going to have different amounts of spends with across those different law firms they are going to have different priorities. They're going to have more work with one with the other. Um, if you don't, if you can't understand where you need to put your resources to have the, the fastest and highest level of impact as quickly as possible, um, you're just, you're just, you're going to get into to, to difficult conversations. You're going to get, um, you know, your CSMs are going to be um, uh, constantly having to deliver the bad news, which things aren't, aren't, aren't there. Um, you're not going to be able to make commitments to your customers and then ultimately live up to those commitments. If we don't understand um the metrics and the timelines and the processes and the steps that that that, that customer has to go through to be impactful yeah. and this is what this is ultimately i think where and this is why you know we um uh uh why we we've we're implementing task feed it's because it's it means that we know that you have to be you have to be pretty formulaic you have to know um that the as much as possible, this is going to be uh, um, uh, steps that, that every customer is going to go through are going to be familiar. And you have to know when, when you're, um, you're, you're moving away from the baseline that you're aiming for yep so um it, it, when when um uh, we're obviously in, in the process of going through and and, and um, uh, getting that up and running with task feed yep. um and previously the way that that was managed is through using jira and jira tickets and yep. the process was pretty pretty good we had the steps we knew that we had to go through clients had to go through but but we're having some big challenges around visibility because it was used by a small team and and jira is is it's a it's a dev's tool. It's not necessarily you know expecting a salesperson to go be able to go in and look at a, a, a Jira board to see which law firms we're connected to and, and not is just never going to happen. Yeah. And so for us, it was it was important that um, we didn't have we didn't want to be in situations where. Uh, individuals are having to ask somebody can you tell me where we are with this particular thing that information had to be visible because yeah. the question needs to be asking is what you're doing about this thing that's that's not where it needs to be and what yeah. help do you need to get there yeah, yeah. so for us is 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 you know the the key point the first one is is about we have to make get all of that in salesforce because if ultimately from from pretty much all of the commercial stuff within our business it salesforce is the single um, single source of 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 data uh, yeah. for us um you know it's it's, it's the um uh, um system of record for 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 everything that we're doing yeah. um, and then what the, the reason we we brought in uh, TaskFeed and started working with you guys is because we knew that the a lot of the stuff that we had sitting in Jira could be very easily replicated in Salesforce through using through using TaskFeed. But more importantly, it meant that we could then start to use tools that people are all familiar with to yeah. add that additional layer of information. So yeah. if an onboarding is if an onboarding is overrunning, then how can we have a dialogue between the CSM and the onboarding exec to just clarify what what, what the actions, what the steps are? How can we see all of the conversation and dialogue and the outreach that's gone on with the client? Yeah. Um, how how can we ensure that if 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 we're missing deadlines, that we're then using that to trigger something to then say, for example, up, update a scorecard in site to allow us to understand that there's risk of being introduced into that account, yeah. and so on. And for us, it was it was is is um, uh, um, it's a critical part to making our business work and to making our teams more effective.
0: I'm I'm calling because you know we like you guys. Everyone is doing their own strategy and replanning and you know, reviews of executions and account risks and account growth and Salesforce now for me is like that, that rational friend that never lies to you uh, or shouldn't lie to you uh, if the information's correct. So it's, it's amazing uh, how, how much we we rely on it. And I know you guys do as well, but I think it's, as you say, it's that dialogue that you can have off the back of the information, the information in and of itself is, is can be interesting. Um, You know, if there's a delay, if it's 65 days versus 30 days, like all of these things are useful. But I think sometimes it's like, what is the dialogue that you have around that? And what are we going to do about it? That conversation should happen faster as a result. And and I think sometimes that's, that's underappreciated. A lot of the time it's like, yeah, I could be useful getting this information somewhere else. But it's like, yeah, that's great. But what are you actually going to do about it? Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Um, one, of the, one, yeah. one of one of the things that one of the things that, that, that we that we talk quite a lot about is so for, for us is is we talk a lot about relationship capital so both internally in terms of what's the relationship capital that we have with our clients that we have with the law firms we're working with but also trying to understand um uh, what the relationship capital is with our clients and the law firms they're working with so um, if we um, we have to be uh, be able to demonstrate. We have to be able to demonstrate to our clients that we've done everything that we can do within our powers to move move, say, an onboarding forward, sort of getting a law firm connected. And if we uh, um, and we have to be very, very wary, that our clients are going to be very cautious about spending their own relationship capital that they have with their law firms because these are you know when you're working law firms are, are 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 key partners for big businesses they're, they're they're doing very very critical work and you know you and I were talking earlier about when you've got a good partner in a law firm it makes things work really really well yeah. and Um, And and so we have to be, we have to ensure that if we're going to ask our customers to spend some of that relationship capital with their law firms to to, to make things move forwards, that we can demonstrate to them that we've done everything in our power to to do that and it's a justified reason for them to doing it. We're not just asking them to do it as a get out for making our lives any easier. So we can't do that if you don't have that information, if you're not able, if a a CSM is not able to, to look quickly within Salesforce and uh, and see that um, uh, uh, that we've done everything within our power, and they can articulate that back to the customer, and ask them to go ahead and and and, uh, and perhaps push some somebody, somebody to to have a
0: slightly uncomfortable conversation.
1: Um, you know, and then we're gonna we, we we're gonna lose credibility with our customers quite quickly.
0: Yeah, and and what have you found in terms of because because one of the things I know you've done in in, in TaskFeed and you've done this and you you did this in PatSnap as well. You know, you create these. These templates for the work, right? The work that you deliver, you know, playbooks for onboarding, project plans, whatever people want to call them. Um, I think what to, to, talk to me a little bit about kind of like how does that help actually with onboarding new people into the team, right? So when you, people join the business, yeah. in a CS role or in an onboarding specialist role, how does having those templates help you with their onboarding and and yeah. and, and ramping them into the company? Yeah, um, uh, it's, a,
1: it's a very good question. It's it, in many ways, it's what, what you're doing with that is um, you're, uh, one of the hardest things when you start a new job is especially when you're, you know, quite often the, the people working on boarding roles tend to be fairly recent graduates or still, still early on in their careers. Yeah. And um, having the confidence to turn around and ask somebody, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to be doing next um, yeah. uh, is difficult for them to do. Um, and so if you can if you can make it as easy as possible for them to understand what the next step is that they need to take and where they should be prioritizing their time and where they should be focusing on what they're doing, mm. you're gonna make their life so much easier and make their job so much easier. Yeah. And so if it's if you're having, you know, if you can just say, that 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 you know you can reference previous you've got the, the all of the records of say a previous onboarding so that they can easily go in and understand oh i see how this played out and what the steps were and what the stories were um if you can um help guide them through who the stakeholders are in an easy manner and who they yep. need to be talking to and what the next step next action they can do in an easy manner and, and, and it's all in front of them then it just makes stuff so much easier, not having to kind of spend all this time shadowing and over-explaining stuff, and and and, and so on. Yeah. Create reference points and, and and models to make things very very scalable.
0: Well, as you're aware, one of your old team joined our team, and yep. um, I part of part of their onboarding was using our pro- you know, was using the product internally to set up their own onboarding plans, um, and we actually showed the Aperio project as an example of one where you, I think you recently launched or you're launching this week. Um, of like these are the things that have happened because it's actually quite nice to show this is what should happen this is what has happened and you can see what's being completed and the timelines and stuff that's moved around and these dependencies can change I think I heard a really interesting thing um, uh, in, in a similar conversation with a, with another company this week was was the ability to use sort of the reasons for delays to better inform either how you run the setup or how you build the product so, for example, uh, well, you, know, what, you know, making it easier for customers to do testing or making it easier for them to know where they are in this process. I was telling you earlier that we just, we're in the process, I hope, of setting up a, a new bank for our business. And and the onboarding experience has been, from a customer's perspective for me, awful because I didn't know where I was in this process. It was like forward, back, up, down again. Um, have you, it, given the platform that you have, have you, do you see? Do you see in the future that you'll be able to use data from what's happening in the setup to better inform things that could be sharpened to make that process run more smoothly? Uh,
1: absolutely. So, so one of the big one of the big reasons why we 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 brought TaskFeed in when um, uh, when I first joined is it was it was easy to kind of see the 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 steps that people were going through but it was very very hard to ask the question of where are we repeatedly falling down where have we got blocks problems and issues and you, you can't answer those questions until you've got the information and the data that tells you tells you that. So if we see that the um, uh, uh, that a certain phase within an implementation and onboarding, um, uh, customers are always missing deadlines or, or we're always, things are always falling back, then you've got to start drilling into that and digging into that and start to understand why. It's, it should never be a case of, right, that, that we've, we've got this nice repeatable template and we have be, be, be so precious about the process that, that, that um, you don't sit back and look at what's working well and what's failing. And, and to make those decisions, you've got to have that information in front of you
0: cool well look sean super interesting to talk to you and catch up i mean lots of really interesting strategic ideas around kind of how you frame communications um around specific tactics to employ with developing csms i particularly like you know the fact that sales training in in many ways is is kind of necessary now to to navigate some of those challenging conversations the ever going the, the ongoing importance of culture I think is one Um, and and again just that that relentless focus on kind of keeping the customer at the heart of the conversation the narrative and everything that you do so super helpful thank you ever so much for joining us final question what is your favorite book from the bookshelf to your left Uh, that's quite a nice little collection you've got there or any interesting books you'd recommend to our, our viewers
1: well, you know what? So, I mean, this is it, it's quite funny because all of our all of our books are in storage. When we moved in, we put all of our books in storage and then we bought loads more books. And then this is the bookshelf that's, uh, uh, that's, that hasn't uh, been read. Hasn't been I'll tell you what I'll show you. So my my wife um, runs uh, a street food business, a little plug for, for her business, which is called Happy Hill Kitchen. She's on Twitter and Instagram. Happy Hill, Kitchen. Happy Hill Kitchen. yeah. And uh, so she does um, uh, kind of modern Caribbean street food. Cool. Um, and uh, this is this is her her favourite book, which is all about uh, goat from a guy called James Wetlaw, who does um, uh, what are they called uh, Cabrito, which is a goat farm. Um, a couple of restaurants and they run a goat farm and they sell goat meat onto the market, and they're big advocates of goat meat. So. Um, uh, this is the book probably I'd highlight to you. And uh, apparently it's a very good read. I'm not reading it myself, but my wife is always referring back to it. All
0: so. right. Well, thank you, Mrs. Smith, for your for your culinary recommendation via Mr. Smith. Sean, brilliant to chat to you. Thanks ever so much. Been a pleasure. Cheers, Jonathan. All the best. Cheers.